0: Hello and welcome to the One Stop Co op Shop, your one stop for co op board game news, reviews, and playthroughs. This week, Peter and Terence, the cooperative card gamers, are going to tell you about a game they've been playing. Hello and welcome to the One Stop Co op Shop, your one stop for co op news, reviews, and playthroughs. And today we are talking about Marvel Champions, specifically the Con of Heroes. I'm Peter, and I'm here with Terence. What's up, Terence? How's it going? Good, good. And together, we are the CCGers, the cooperative card gamers. I, I, You know, we'll see if that tagline sticks. I don't know. I don't know. That's going to stick. But for now, that's that's in there. What do you think, Terrence? Do you like that?
1: Yeah, it, it, we're workshopping it. Well, we'll, we'll you know, <laughs> it'll come together in the coming weeks, I think.
0: Yes. So let's talk a little bit about Kind of Heroes, which is a Marvel Champions-specific convention where you go and we played – what do we have? We had one scenario, no, two scenarios, right? And then we had a campaign, a three-mission campaign, and then we had a bunch of challenge cards that our very own Terrence designed himself. Is that right? There was also the
1: Epic Multiplayer. So there was, on Friday, there was the Magneto event to kind of kick us, kick us off and get people familiar with talking to other tables. I and guess I we was- had the Epic
0: Multiplayer event. Yeah, I was counting that as one of the scenarios, but we'll go over we'll go over those one by one as we get to them, but that's the basics, right? Yep. Yeah, so Mary's crying because she was unable to make it. We're sorry, Mary, but a bunch of people did sign a playmat for you, so you got more signatures than probably anybody else at the convention, even though you weren't there, because pretty much everybody came up and signed it, I feel like. All right, but before we get into it, let's... Talk a little non-Marvel Champions. Let's talk about the games we played at the convention or in the days of the convention that weren't Marvel Champions. Give people who are just tuning into the podcast, podcasts who aren't Marvel Champions fans. Let's talk to them first, and then we'll get into all our Marvel Champions geekiness, and they can uh, tune out if they want to. What do you think? I didn't realize those people existed, people who aren't Marvel Champions fans. (laughs) All right, so the first game I played was on Thursday night, the night I arrived. Well, we played two games that night, actually. You played part of one game with us. (laughs) So it was with Colin Barrett and you. It was at Colin's house. First thing we played was Dark Dealings, which is a game that Mike and I designed, and we played the co-op variant. And we are just kind of giving it some final testing before we released it to the public. Actually, I've given it to the publisher to release to the public whenever. So I think he wanted to graphic design it up a little bit. But maybe I just put a PDF on Board Game Geek so the owners of Dark Dealings can actually play that now. But we played that co-op, and that is always fun. I'm not going to review my own game. Did you play enough of it to give any thoughts at all? I thought it was cool. Uh,
1: I, I enjoyed... I guess, do you want to give a premise of it, of your own game at all?
0: Or are we... Just skipping past that. Uh, Yeah, we could give a premise, which you're all evil wizards fighting against heroes trying to take you down. In the co-op version, you have a total of three life. So they're attacking you so you can let three heroes get through. But the fourth one gets through, defeats you. And so, um, yeah, you're using spells, traps and monsters to defeat them. Each hero has kind of unique abilities to them, but it's done in a very simple drafting way. It's like a 20 minute game, normally cooperative or competitive, but uh, we just came up with a co-op rule set for it and it's working pretty well. So now back to Terrence. Yeah, I I think it's a neat little puzzle.
1: It it very much feels like a resource management, kind of like very much a min maxer kind of, you know, you have these threats and you're trying to figure out the optimal way to Use the uh, arsenals at your disposal. Um, and then you have kind of the different types, right? Like the traps, uh, the spells, and then the just normal attack stuff. Is that right? The- monsters. yeah. Uh, yep. Monsters, yeah. But what I heard afterwards was that I don't trust Barrett to give you things that you can deal with. <laughs> uh, so there's a part of the game where basically when you're doing the drafting of enemies, you give one to your left and one to your right, and then you keep one for the middle is that right?
0: You keep one for yourself or you put one in the middle. It depends on yeah, the you're... player count and everything else. is going to be different based on yeah. player count. And so get... I, I heard after I left that Barrett gave me uh, while
1: I was there. It was when we did the drafting and gave me some stuff that I just couldn't deal with. Uh, yeah, because different monsters obviously have different affinities of like what they're vulnerable or weak to. So you can see what everyone has kind of in front of them of like arsenals. And he looked
0: at mine and then gave me this one thing. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, I probably did a not good enough job explaining what was going on. Uh, so I, I'm going to blame that on the teacher in that situation. If he didn't know that you couldn't handle what he gave you, that's probably my fault. We'll we'll, we'll call it that.
1: But yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't play it super long, but I, I thought there's definitely for, you know, for what it is there. The fact that you can play it pretty quick. I, I
0: think it has enough there to like make it interesting. Cool. Um, All right, so that is Dark Dealings, which I don't even think you can buy right now. Although I think it's going to be coming out soon enough from Dice Hate Me Games. So they now have the rights to that one. They have copies of it, but their online store was having issues. So as soon as they get that fixed, they will be available for sale again. And there will be a co-op expansion. There's already solo play available for Dark Dealings. All right, so that was Dark Dealings. But then after you left, we ended up playing Project Elite, Because Colin Barrett and I realized we all love that game and we never get to play it. So Project Elite is a monster killing game, like alien killing. You're all uh, like space marines, you're fighting against aliens who are coming in, but it's all done in like a real time. I don't even know, like six or 10 minute session. And then you kind of stop and do like a reseed the board scenario. And then you go again, fast paced, frantic. So if you like that kind of stuff, it is my favorite real time game I think feel like Uh, it's a little more complex than a lot of these other ones and there's miniatures on the board and they're moving around and you're rolling dice after dice and you're trying to hit certain symbols and then if you hit them that to fire your weapon then you're rolling your weapon dice which are just regular d6s and it's utter chaos it's literally utter chaos but there is nothing to get your blood pumping in my mind like project elite and it's just fun wackiness and you're just throwing minions off the board and you're not paying attention to what's going on. And then after it's all done, you're like, okay, now let's slow down and breathe, kind of figure out what's going on the board. And you realize what a terrible job you did. And they all start attacking you and killing you. So it does not seem like a Terrence kind of game. Have you played Project Elite before? Yeah, it was one of Colin's favorite games. So he brought it out. I mean, he's like
1: a big fan of real time games, right? Um, And so I think he brought out during one of the first con of the rings I went to and I stayed over and we played it with Steve. It was fun I, I think you're right it's not it's not too much chaos for me probably yep. uh and i think it's it like you know he has a pretty big table so i think it's like also hard to like reach sometimes in a like four player version of that game oh yeah four so, players like, move move easy. the <laughs> yeah like move the thing where i need to where everyone's like trying to do that
0: yeah uh, so it's it's chaotic fun but if you don't like chaos you don't like dice rolling luck there's there's a lot of things that a lot of people aren't gonna like it about in the game. Uh, I don't think Mike or Jerry like the game at all, but they're they're not real time chaotic fans either. So there's that. But I like it a lot. Colin likes it a lot, and Barrett likes it. So you gotta kind of feel feel yourself out for what kind of uh, whether you like that or not. I think that's probably enough of a description to know whether you're gonna like it or not. Now the one thing I guess I'll say is it's pretty expensive, and I don't even know if it's available anymore for something as... I don't even know that I'd call it light, but I mean, at the end of the day, it is kind of light. But there's a lot of cool miniatures in it, and you're like... I don't know. It's probably too expensive for what it is, but yet I'd still pay for it again. So it's hard for me to, I guess, say it's too expensive for what it is when I'd be willing to pay for it. So uh, I enjoy it.
1: You know, that's all you need, right? Makes it worth it.
0: Yeah, it's... I don't know. For me, it's just fun. Like, there's no way to describe it. Like, if I described all the mechanics to myself. I could probably, you know, nitpick it to death and come up with 50 things that are wrong with it. But none of that matters when you're playing and throwing aliens off the board and, like, you got your special hero power and you're going and searching things and you're doing all these things and all in real real time. You know, it, it, there, there's no way that any description is going to describe how fun it is or, again, I think how frustrated you'd be um, if you don't like that kind of stuff. <laughs> sometimes just like being on bad days, Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a thing. It is a thing. So I do have one more game, but do you have anything that you played that was not Marvel Champions? Was not Marvel Champions while we were there. Well, I know you played at least one game because I saw you playing it over and over. Uh, you and Kennedy Hawk on, on Thursday. Well, any day or, or just in general in general. Yeah. 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 The only other
1: game I played that wasn't Marvel Champions was Ashes Reborn. The Red Reigns. Cor- Corpse
0: of Heroes. So yep. You want to tell uh, me you guys played that at least like 50 times. It felt like
1: we only played it two and a half times. Uh, we had to clean up uh, on opening Saturday, I think. Right. Or opening Friday. Didn't have time to finish our game. Kenny Hawk had bought the game, but had not played it yet. Uh, and so we were just talking about getting game in. So I was able to kind of teach him the co-op version because he's he's played a bunch of actual ashes uh, when it was kind of in its original form pre reborn. Yep. Yep. Um, and has played it post reborn as well. Uh, and so just didn't know kind of the co-op rulings, which aren't honestly that different, but you know, like you gotta learn how to, the AI interacts and, and kind of all that stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, the nice part about that game is the AI t- turns are pretty quick and pretty easy to understand. So once you do it a couple times, I'm sure he could go home and never have to open the rule book and, and be just fine with it since he knows the base game.
1: So, yeah, that was fun. We got a lot of people who stopped by just ask us about the game because if anything, the game is is pretty, right? The artwork. Yeah, the, both the artwork being good. And then also I, I kind of wish more games did do the kind of full bleed promo art style art. I think it just looks really nice. So
0: is that that's not promo cards, though? That's all their cards is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's all their cards. But I like I, FG does it as promo, right? Like it, it is the kind of promo frameless design. Yep. And you know, just lets the art stand out a little more. You know, because it takes up almost all the card.
0: Yeah, and then I did play one more game on the last day of the convention, which is not just Marvel Champions. They opened it up for people to play whatever, and there were some people in the back of the room playing a game called Deep Rock, which is about uh, apparently it's an app-based game or a computer game that
1: uh... it's a video game, okay? Like a co-op, a co-op video game, rock and stone, where you're these like four dwarves basically mining rock for a corporation. <laughs> like, ev- not
0: I wouldn't say evil, but just, like, greedy corporation. Yep. And, yeah, that's what the game is. So, this is a full-on miniatures tactical board game where you're controlling a dwarf on your turn you get a certain number of actions i think it's two or three i think it's three actions and you could do things like do your special ability or move three spaces or fire one of your weapons in which case you roll some dice uh and each weapon has like custom dice but one of the interest so a couple of interesting things about the game and then you have an objective for the mission so our objective was to go out and mine these certain things And mining is an action as well, where you roll this white dice that tells you if you mine one, two, or zero things. You know, so whatever you're next to, you can mine. You can mine regular spots to get yourself gold and other gems, which you can use to, like, power up your abilities or your weapons. So, there was a lot of cool concepts in here. So, as an action, you spend one action to mine, roll that dice. But you're these little cool dwarf miniatures, and you also have miniatures for the enemies. But I do think they said that was a Kickstarter edition. Normally it'd be like, I think you get miniatures still, but there's standees or there's just tokens for the enemies or whatever. But it was really cool looking with all that stuff on the board. They even had like stalagmites coming out of the bottom of the board that again, I think were all Kickstarter stuff, but there was a lot of neat concepts to the game. The one thing I found and we played mission one. So take that for what it is. It's t- tutorial. We beat it fairly easily, and some of the powers seemed super good. Like, I had a power that, like, put a shield down, and the enemies couldn't, like, attack you if you're on it, and they couldn't move through it. Now, they could still shoot you, I guess, if you are on the other side of it, but, you know, for the melee characters, seemed like... We did have a character get knocked down, so for, like, an action or two actions, I can't remember, you could stand them up, so I just stood another character up and threw a shield down on them, and then they, like couldn't attack him again until my turn came back but then i could throw the shield down again apparently this was like something i could keep doing for an action to turn so we beat it fairly easily although i guess i say that with again one of our characters getting knocked down a couple times so maybe it wasn't as easy as i thought it was but um yeah it was fun and like there's like a time track but you draw an event card after every player's turn and like The time track may or may not go up, which could advance things. And like the enemies seem to get harder and harder as the game goes on. So there was a lot of things to like about it. Um, I enjoyed my entire time playing, but it did feel like it was a little easy at the end of the day um, with all the cool stuff we had. So but, you know, if you like miniatures games, you know, dungeon crawly type games, I think it had enough unique cool stuff. And I also think it was straightforward enough to play with families you know i'm sure my son would love this game as an example so that was deep rock i really enjoyed that one did you have any interest in it or you done anything i, I played the demo i think steve taught it when i was on kickstarter
1: i thought it was fine i don't know if it really spoke to me okay. um, like it just seemed like a solid game but not it didn't seem like super right. unique to me i could see that and i know i know like some other folks also played it at the con for the first time, and I think they expressed similar things. So, I, so like, it was fun,
0: and they would play it again, but they didn't feel like they needed to. They wanted to own it. I would like to play it more is where I'd leave that. At. I think Steve played it on the channel. So, if you want to see some playthroughs, I think we have some on One Stop Co-op Shop Streamed. I believe Steve played it during Kickstarter. And I think
1: yeah, I, I think Steve Steve's definitely a big fan of it. I know Colin's also
0: a big fan of it, too. Oh, so there's probably a playthrough uh, on the main channel as well.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure.
0: I, I think Steve got his stuff fairly recently like within the last few weeks. OK, I feel like so. he did a Kickstarter preview of it. Maybe he did it on Tabletop Simulator. So, yeah, and
1: I, I think Colin says he I'm pretty sure Colin said he was playing this with his kids and, and he really
0: likes it. So, well, that's what i saying. It's very family friendly, right? Like nothing is overcomplicated in the game. So it's definitely. Oh, that's the other game we played. I played Uno Flip. Totally forgot about that with Colin and his family. Which is Uno, but you flip the deck every once in a while. And I didn't do very well. So that's, that's Uno flip. <laughs> oh, yeah. That,
1: that was hilarious. Uh, I, I was there watching you yeah. get utterly destroyed.
0: Um, it felt like the the, the Dagnans versus Peter. <laughs> well, at one point, I had a wild card and one card left. And as I was putting the wild card down, I did not say Uno. Like, every other time, I had been pretty good about saying it pretty early, and Colin called me on it, so I feel like that was my winning opportunity, because by the time it came back to me, nobody else had changed the color. Now, maybe they would have tried harder had I not had to draw, like, four cards or whatever the heck it is, but yeah. So then I started calling Uno out after I played every card, even when I didn't have one card left. I was like, wait, there's no penalty? Sure. Uno. Oh yeah, uh, I, I guess
1: after the con I played some games because I stayed with Colin yeah. and, and Baron came over on Monday and so we of course played Ashes uh, as one does. Wait, with three of you? I, no, after Baron had to leave so we played that right before I went, got, went to the airport. Okay. Um, but I just wanted to bring that up because you know, I already talked about it. Uh, yep. But I actually bought Colin Ashes and it was in shrink when I went over to his house. So, you know I, I taught him the game. We also played Valor and Villainy.
0: Oh yeah, that game. Yeah, Steve loves
1: that game uh, and
0: Mike loves that game.
1: Yeah, it's fine <laughs> You're not uh, much uh,
0: of a dungeon crawl fan.
1: It's also not much of a dungeon crawl. I feel like it suffers from like it's a fun game, but I think it suffers from the same problem in my opinion of uh, games that try to do both like a boss part and like a thing before the boss. Right. So like an hour of need, right? Like I think the problem is it's basically like two different games that share half the mechanics And so then like half the game is basically done and then you just have the combat mechanics at the end and uh, the villain turns are just way too long, I think to activate for like what it is. You can definitely tell it's like even more so like, I I think ashes does a good job of adding co-op and solo onto an existing kind of PVP game. Right. But you can tell like they added stuff onto a game where like it, it mostly works, but it kind of doesn't always fit. Right.
0: You know, I forgot it was a PvP game first, because it, to me, felt like a co-op game when I played it. Because you're just, like, going around exploring dungeon tiles, stuff pops up, you kill it. Like, that's really a lot of what the game is. And then, you know, once you achieve a goal, which is, at least for the first mission, to explore a certain number of tiles, this big boss comes out and then you gotta kill it. Yeah. I I don't know how that would be competitive. (laughs) Like, like. Yeah, I,
1: I don't know. I I just felt like the the boss thing wasn't it wasn't that I was anticlimactic, but it just felt like it shut off half the game, which is exploration and stuff. Right, like you don't flip any more tiles over. Like there's no reason to kind of like do a lot of stuff anymore. And so, kind of felt like that. Like when we were playing Hour of Need, it's just like, oh, all the like things you do around the board now you don't do them, and now you just fight yes. this boss. So uh, so I feel like it, it. I don't think it's specific to Valon I just think. There's a lot of board games that try to straddle both of those things, and I feel like it. It is really hard to execute that really Makes well, sense. in my opinion.
0: Makes sense. All right. Did you all play anything um, else? Uh, and again, there are many then, plays of that on both channels. So, and then yeah, the other game that we played was Monster Hunter. So, so I own Monster
1: Hunter, but I had not played it because it came right before the con, and so Colin taught Barrington and I Monster Hunter, and I don't actually know was anything
0: about that. So tell me, tell me, uh,
1: it, it's a it's a boss battler. So I think it it gets compared a lot to Primal, even though, because uh, it's a game, Monster Hunter World is a actual video game by Capcom that you can play on your PC, PlayStation, or Xbox. And uh, it's a Japanese IP that is like 20-ish years old. So it's like been around for a long time, but kind of didn't break out into the West until Monster Hunter World. And so they built a board game on that game. Okay. And... It's done by Steam Forge, which isn't the most well-loved, uh, I think, publisher um, out there. It's had some pretty big duds out there, like the Horizon game. But um, this is based, what I believe, off of somewhat of the Dark Souls system. Okay. And so it's interesting. So you're on this like I think it's a five by five board, and there's some terrain, but like there's only like three types of terrain. They do they don't do a whole lot. Like if you step on water, you have to discard one of your attack cards. If you get on a mountain, you get a free move, and then bushes actually like reduce your threat. But I was surprised how good it was. You know, it's not the most in-depth one, but it, there's like enough there mechanically that it's pretty interesting. So you have a stamina board, and you can only put five cards on it. And unlike uh, I think Primal and, and Monster Hunter, everything's based around the the monster. So there's only like one monster you're fighting which is the boss okay and basically it has these like behavior cards that uh you process of like what it does and so on the the back side of the card you get to see if it targets the closest or farthest hunter and you get to know which body body part it's going to attack with so you imagine if you like cycle through this deck a handful of times you fight this monster a bunch of times you'll slowly kind of learn to be able to predict what the monster is going to do kind of based off of that information right so and the deck doesn't
0: uh, shuffle does it just kind of go back in the same order almost like a it, boss it in video game i oh, think you do shuffle. shuffle it yeah so, so it is
1: randomized d- but you can kind of recognize right
0: right yeah as you yeah, get deeper yeah. in the deck you'll see and, what's. and right. then like
1: there, there is a choose your own adventure part that is part of the campaign um that i think is not part of like if you do the arenas which are the one-off things but if yep. you do the campaign there's like a choose your own adventure where you pick some options and then you based on them are like whatever points you get you actually shuffle one of three behavior cards into the deck so there is some randomization okay i don't think it's like a ton but there's a little bit but what is cool actually is so after each attack it tells you how many hunters get to activate like hunter turns get to activate and then how many cards each of the hunters get to play so it can be anywhere from like three cards one card whatever and it's based off of kind of like you know like you can imagine in the video game or whatever like this monster did like a really yeah, fast yep. attack so you don't have a lot in between to kind of react to it. this monster did like a really heavy attack so now like every hunter can now you know kind of wail on the monster right um and so i thought that was kind of a cool mechanic and then the way they kind of balance so that the same player isn't always going, is that every player has to go once and then you kind of flip your tokens back over, right? And um, then you can start activating. Yeah. And then, yeah, so like, so if you, had you three can't go activations,
0: twice. Let's say the monster did a big attack or whatever. They give you three activations. Yep. Could one character activate if they were the last character to have gone of the four and then activate a second time with after you yep. flipped everybody up? Okay. Yep. So
1: you get to pick who gets to go. Um, it's just like every time you activate, you flip your token down. And then once everyone's activated, you get to flip it up and then anyone can go again. Got it. So so your attack cards have agility values on it. And basically when a monster does an attack, you can either eat the damage and subtract base your defense value. There's like elemental stuff too. So like if you do fire damage, you don't have any fire me- resistance. You just take all of it. Um, but then they'll also have a dodge value. So then you can clog up your stamina board with like cards by putting them face down to kind of dodge the attack completely. And so one of the things is like, there is a big part that's like stamina management where every turn, when you go, you get to remove one card off of it, but then your, your weapon kind of deck that you're using has cards that will obviously help you remove more than that. Um, And so you kind of have to balance and, and every turn you get, it's kind of like a deck building game where you discard down, and then you can draw up to five cards. So like any card you don't want to use, you can discard. And then there's also a separate kind of like Oh, sworn and, and other games where there's no dice, but you draw like off of a damage deck, essentially to decide how much damage you do so
0: uh, similar to uh gloom Haven as well, where it's like plus or yeah, minus to yeah, so yeah. whatever your base. There's on. no
1: minus. It's it's like basically values from like, I think one to four or five or something like that. Oh, okay. And so like, say you do an attack and you draw one card, it could be in that range based on your weapon And then if you draw two, you kind of just add the numbers up. The monsters have different armor for different parts of the body. So depending on what side of the monster you're on, you know, you attack which body part. And then certain attacks have breaking value. So then you can also break the monster, which will change its behavior as well or give you more parts. And so kind of the the summary of it is like you, uh, you also always, even if the monster blocks all the damage, you always do a minimum of one. So even those like one point damages still always go through. Gotcha. Um, which I think is cool, so you never feel bad about you know like essentially missing or something. Yeah, is I mean, there a
0: board? Like I- I'm trying to picture this. You keep yeah, it's a five by five primal. board, so
1: you're moving you're moving around the board.
0: So it's not really like primal because primal is like directional, right? No, no, no. Yeah, primal,
1: you're you're in positioning, and this one the monster can push you. Uh, gotcha. Like if he runs into you, you don't take damage, but he moves you and then right. you just you don't take damage on attacks and stuff. But
0: it seems like it's still a pretty small board. So still very many. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's you can't like kite the monster super well because it's,
1: it's just not that big
0: of a break. All right. right. So it sounds um, a lot like even and Trespass Odyssey or any of these boss battler games. Uh, yeah. Adventure tactics. So what are your I, final thoughts on it? Like, I mean, obviously I, I don't need a review, but. You know, just I, I think it. I rest. think it's really good. I mean, I haven't
1: played... I've played Osworn, obviously. Um, I think it's it's, Osorn is definitely like a deeper game, uh, yep. and more complex. But this one's definitely. I think the like play time to how crunchy it is is pretty good. Like so you can do a battle in probably like like forty minutes. I think you can do a battle. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. So like like the for how in depth it is like it is pretty good for the time. Right. So like Colin's excited about it because. He can play with his kids with it. Another one of those kind of things. Yep. Uh, in this boss battle genre where I think that's harder for like, you know, he, he says like with Osworn sometimes with Barret, like they just go over and do a story for a night and they don't even get to do like the well, that's boss why battle. I don't
0: do the story stuff in Osworn because it takes too long. I do yeah, a yeah. Big story. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: so the choose your own venture, for instance, is like 10 minutes because it's not a, a deep story. You're like Got hunting it. a monster down in that thing. And so like in an hour, you can Play a a hunt and do the choose your own adventure, and also go back to base and like basically build gear, right? So, oh wow, pretty amazing, pretty pretty good for like the time I think. The biggest downside I think is just there's a lot of rata, and so we're all waiting kind of for Steam Forge to send out the the rata cards
0: and and packs, kind of kind of fix that. So, yeah, you kind of wish publishers would do that before they sent the game out, but yeah,
1: I feel like they must have just printed stuff from beta. Yeah uh like they they I th- it just seems like they sent the wrong print files like like in the crafting tree like there's just clearly like the wrong values of like what yeah. they posted the fix was and like what the rata was and what they gave you it's just like it's like oh you only need two bones to like build this piece of armor and like the one that shipped with the game is like you need eight,
0: right? Oh, <laughs> it's like yeah. what it's, it's, you know it's like like it's just like major change different.
1: in values yeah, yeah. I mean, it it just seems like they thought the campaign was
0: going to go longer and then they shortened it after playtesting or something, right? Yeah, I can see as a publisher how it could happen, though, because as you're playtesting game, you have all these cards in a file, but then you get the final versions of the cards and like now it's in a different file, right? And then you playtest with the new stuff, with the pretty stuff, and you're like, oh, no, I need to change this value. So now do you change it in the playtest files? Do you change it on the final files? Like. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're just, There's a lot of ways that this kind of thing can get messed up. So yeah, I could see as a publisher how this could happen. Now, how it could happen with all of the cards, that seems weird to me, or, or a, a large percentage of cards, but I could see how one or two could slip through, no question about it. Like you, I mean, we've looked over files like 10 times now, and it still feels like every time we're still catching stuff. So just a little insight from the other side. It is not an easy process, that is for sure. And the more cards and the bigger the game, the harder that's going to be.
1: Yeah, there, there's so many cards in this game, man. Like, yeah.
0: I definitely had to buy, like a set of new sleeves
1: to sleeve the entire game. Because I think there's like over a thousand or something. I think <sighs> if you buy the all in. So you
0: just bought a thousand sleeves. Yeah. So you added like, you know, $200 of the cost of your game. Come on, Terrence. That's like, it's like 20 bucks, man. Yeah. yeah. Sleevers. So speaking of sleeving, you ready to talk some Marvel champions? Yeah. All right. So Everyone the, I do with had sleeves. <laughs> no, that's not true. My one of my early games I played did not have sleeves. I don't. I didn't write I didn't, it down. I, we never played a game, right? Isn't isn't that true? You and I did not. Play. We were gonna play one night, and Mary asked this question earlier. Did you play Lord of the Rings? I kept asking you to play Lord of the Rings. Believe it or not, Terrence was the one who kept saying no. I was the one asking. Terrence was the one saying no. So I'm just gonna throw that out there. Like every night, I was like, Terrence, let's play some Lord of the Rings never happened never happened you know i gotta play ashes yeah well so you're saying no, i'm you're just like kidding. Ashes uh, better than lord of the rings now hold on let's no uh, I, I pawned you i pawned you off
1: on uh people because they were leaving the next day i think well I think that's yeah. actually what happened
0: and, and we did actually try to play with as many different people as possible um so let's let's talk about the convention itself you know for even for people who don't like lord or uh Marvel Champions. Marvel Champions. They may still enjoy because we're going to talk some an- anecdotes and things like that as well. But let me start with this was actually a pretty good weekend for me. So making content. Did you expect otherwise well, it to be like a bad weekend? No, no, no. Well, not just the Marvel Champion, just even outside of the Marvel Champion stuff. So there are two big things that kind of happened which rejuvenated me to create content again and to, I don't know. You need moments in your life because, yes, this is fun. We're playing games. But, you know, sometimes after a three or four hour recording session, you're like, okay, like, I just need some breaks. Right. (laughs) Like, I can't keep doing this. But there were a couple events that kind of rejuvenated me to want to keep playing. And the first one was Thursday when I went. Well, so first of all, I did play one game at home. So I stayed up till three in the morning, Wednesday night knowing that Thursday was just travel day for me, stayed up till three in the morning, basically throwing my decks together. Then I hadn't play tested any of them. So I did play test. I'm like, all right, if I, I need at least one good deck to come to this convention. So I tested my spider deck and I played against expert Magog, Magog with horror and def- beat that. And I was like, okay, I at least know I have one deck that will perform when I go there. But then, of course, when I showed up, I realized that all my decks were basically the same thing. It was just ally swarm. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really have a justice deck. Oh, I don't really have a protection deck. They're all just like, even though I have justice decks, they're just like, I think my spider was my protection deck. And it was really just so I could have silk as an ally. And it was like really just web warriors, <laughs> like with
1: a couple of healing cards. I think you just you just wanted to play Lord of the Rings, man. Jump a bunch of allies. You
0: know, you've been playing a bunch of lower ranks. It probably was just like, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I mean, I feel like I play Marvel Champions that way sometimes, too. It didn't help when the first scenario had overkill, right? Like the scenario you just saw us play today with Crossbones uh, on the streaming channel, if you're listening on the podcast. Yeah, it was just a lot of overkill. So guess what doesn't help when there's lots of overkill? Yeah, you have guessed it, allies. <laughs> and especially low-cost allies with big big pools
1: yeah i i I went a different route i've been planning for weeks for the i think like a month out i was starting to think about decks and i actually have a google sheet that i I think i shared with mary or something when she was helping me play test some of the decks and so i was having problems of just like actually building all the decks i want to bring because there's just overlap right like there's just a handful of staple cards like if you're ever gonna put power in all of us we only have one copy of it right like yep uh i i I actually ran out of night nurses. Um, so Mary actually helped me get a bunch of proxies printed. So she like set up a template for me and I ended up pin- printing like 23 proxies where I printed it out, cut them and then put them in front of double resource cards. Cause we have a bajillion of them. Right.
0: What? Uh, Never.
1: And, and so I, I put them in. So I had like pr- extra professor X's Marina Hill, like, you know, a bunch of the staples uh, kind of uh, in there. And so I was up till three in the morning, I think, fully cutting proxies out and putting them into
0: (laughs) decks. Well, welcome to the world of prototyping, because that's why everything is done on tabletop simulator for us now, because I just can't anymore. I mean, I literally am done cutting and pasting and like whatever, like punching. And yeah, I've done so much stuff to make prototypes and over the years. And it's just it's a nightmare. I mean, I'll do it again, I'm sure, but as little as possible that is for sure so well yeah especially if you're, cha- if you're
1: changing it all the, like the text and stuff pretty often oh. as you're doing game design it can that can make sense um yeah you yeah, I end up half
0: bringing half like over like right and realize something's broken and then you got to spend oh, three yeah. hours fixing it <laughs> like it's just a nightmare yeah so i end up bringing like 11 decks to the
1: con Peter. oh wow sorry i, I packed a quiver years. <laughs> I mean, you could have. You could have barred any of my decks, but they would have been sleeved, so got that going for you. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely would not have done that. <laughs> um, yeah, I brought. I tried to bring at least two of every aspect, and then Spider Women obviously is like a dual aspect, so that didn't really count, and then uh, I got like a few three copy, like a third kind of deck for a few of them. But yeah, I just wanted to be able to kind of like having played last year and and, and just like learning from even our two-player games of like the difference between solo and multiplayer which maybe this should be a topic of the co- of of one of our sessions sometime it's just i've seen um in some of the videos people are asking like what does it take to build a multiplayer deck and how do you approach that deck building and how that's different
0: um oh it's very but i just kind of cards have different yeah. values just think of that one card that removes threat for every player from side schemes for every player in the game I mean, that card can be huge. I mean, it's scenario dependent, but it's also player count dependent. There's, I mean, obviously the Alliance cards also are other obvious choices, you know, the higher player count, the better. Um, But yeah, we will make that a topic. And, And I think that crosses genres as well. I don't think that's Marvel Champion specific. So I think just as a collectible card gamer, you know, discussion, whether we're talking about Lord of the Rings or whatever else, I think... Lower player counts versus higher player counts do make a difference when building decks for those games.
1: Yeah, so I, I just wanted to have a deck kind of for any situation. Um, I tend to show up to a lot of groups that I play with and just let everyone kind of pick a deck and then kind of filled. And honestly, most of the time <laughs> the fill you needed was protection. So I yep. played a lot of actually protection Spider-Man and Ghost Spider, depending kind of on the flavor. And so th- those end up being the most successful decks, actually, um, which was fun because I I like protection, but also I think it just lets people at the the play group kind of do their thing. Yeah. And speaking of solo and and, and multiplayer, I, I think protection, true solo, unless you're doing like certain kinds of builds are a thing that don't sing nearly as well in solo as it does
0: multiplayer. So it's fun to kind of break those out. No, for sure. Um, all right. So I did say there were two things that kind of re-motivated me. So building decks was not one of them. Uh, I, know you're oh, darn
1: it. I, I, thought, I thought that was going to be it. Cause you spent so long on it.
0: No, uh, no, no. Monologue. Yeah. But, and this didn't happen until the end of the weekend, but there was something that happened in the beginning that kind of rejuvenated me as well. Uh, but at the end of the weekend we did win or didn't win. We got runner up for best podcast on board game geeks, golden geek awards. The winner was this game is broken. So congratulations to them. I do listen to their podcast. Well-deserved. So the two runner-ups were Beyond Solitaire, so that's Liz, our good friend Liz, who her first podcast she was ever on was the One Stop Co-op Shop, and uh, of course us at One Stop Co-op Shop. So it just makes it, I don't know, it just makes it like, oh... People do like what we're doing. You know what I mean? Because you never know. Like you do all this work, you're, you're sitting there and it's all I'm recording in the basement of my house and you never know whether people are enjoying what you're doing or whatever else. I mean, you see the numbers, but you know, as much as, you know, seeing numbers rise is great, you know, and like more people viewing your stuff and more subscribers or whatever, all that's great. But at the end of the day, it's not like one person saying thank you for what you do is like worth 10 times that, right? Um and this is just like a bunch of people like voting for us and telling us that they like what we do. And Mary says, congratulations. Thank you, Mary. But then the other thing that was kind of related to that was when I went to the airport of all places. Now I always laugh when I heard like people being recognized in the airport or whatever else, or go, you know, someplace I've never been recognized anywhere in my entire life. When we went to the airport, I just started talking to this guy in line and he goes, wait, are you going to Conda heroes? I said, yeah. He goes, are you Peter? And like, just, Somebody recognizing me out of like a normal element, like in a random spot in the airport, like in line. Yes, we we're going to the same city, so it makes sense to some degree, but uh, that was Jay. Um, he's from Jersey. And I am gonna, I did meet a lot of great people over the course of the weekend. I'm not gonna be able to shout everybody else, unfortunately. So that kind of got my weekend off to a good start. And then Friday when we went to play games, a lot of people just came up and introduced themselves. And that was really cool. And, you know, I was introducing myself because I thought they were just being nice. They're like, oh yeah, we know who you are. (laughs) I'm like, oh, okay. You know, because again, we do these things, but you know, you never know if you're just shouting into the ether. So that was really cool for me. And that really did. So for everybody who came up hi for everybody who I got to play with. Thank you so much. You you really made it so that I want to keep doing this. So I definitely appreciate all of those people. So that was my my little shout out. So anything for you on Thursday? Um we talked about deck building. Uh we went to Colin's house. That's when we played Uno uh <laughs> Dark Delete. And you played some Ashes Friday night or or Thursday No,
1: night? so on Thursday Thursday night, uh the only thing that I got I played was the cause I I was still doing like con organization stuff like we were getting yeah. the, the the kind of the ticket scanning and I actually had to fix up the, the raffle bot um and we can talk about the raffle. You did uh, that Friday
0: morning I remember because yeah I did that like, Friday morning, morning but morning also like, like
1: identifying the, the problem on Thursday night. Okay. Uh, but we did our I guess I mean uh, I guess two times at this point. I don't know if that's tradition, but um Americano does not is like a standard he likes playing the game on standard and last year we made him play heroic rhino uh (laughs) when with city and chaos which is the one with rhino in it uh on heroic and so he like entertained us last year and played it and we made him play it again uh so all the organizers played heroic one rhino (laughs) city and chaos again and we brought different decks and uh, i played ghost spider protection and it, you know, it it was uh, long a long shame because, like, in heroic, I feel like Rhino heals like eight times or like eight health every time you go through that deck. So uh, he's like, those.
0: uh, he's like a beast, or he's whatever. like, he's
1: like, yeah, he's like poor man's like saber tooth or whatever, saber-tooth, right?
0: Not beast, that's right. <laughs>
1: But yeah, so that, that was fun, uh, and that was like a good way to kind of kick off the con, I guess, before
0: it started. So uh, I don't, so, I don't so think I was... I've ever played Heroic. It's funny, because we've played so many games of Expert and done crazy stuff and played Expert 2 and all that. So at Heroic, does everybody draw one extra card every turn? Yep, so we
1: were drawing eight, at least eight cards off the encounter deck during the encounter phase every turn that seems so you awesome. can imagine like like so we got so <laughs> many excel so and it's also city in cast it has that one peril treachery, where it's like you can either like exhaust a character and spend a resource to put an acceleration token on the main scheme right uh so we're using my like normal cardboard tokens for that game and we ran out of acceleration cardboard <laughs> tokens in that game so nice. we had to like start using someone else's acceleration tokens because there's that many i mean you're just like burning through that deck so fast right like yeah, I mean that's what like if you get no surges, which of course there are surges, right? You're getting eight during the encounter phase and four during the boost phase, so 12 cards minimum around. Yeah, no, that's a lot. So that was yeah, your so, Thursday night. Yeah, and did you beat it? Yeah, we did beat it. I mean, we we're up till I think like 1 a.m. or something. I mean, that's like, I mean, you got back near the tail end of that,
0: right? When else cl- we were finishing and then cleaned yep. up. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. So I did see you playing it, but I didn't realize you were playing. I saw the number of encounter or the uh, acceleration tokens. I remember that. That was, I yeah. was like, wait against yeah, Rhino? know what's going on here. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, you explained the whole heroic thing. Uh, all right. So Friday, Friday morning, I actually played a game. Oh, you guys were playing ashes. I believe in the morning. Yeah, we didn't finish before we went to the con and I pulled out Cyclops and played, I don't know, not even a half a game, just a couple turns against expert. Hella again, Seeing if I wanted to play this deck with other people, and it turns out was the verdict yes or no? It was fine. yeah, yeah, no, I liked it, and it went well. But then we went to the con and started playing. first game I played was expert mutagen. I guess that wasn't. So when we first went in, I found a group and you know, we started playing, and I guess there was no that wasn't a scenario. We were just somebody wanted to play
1: no, no, it, it was it was kind of just free play because you know. I, people trickle in I don't, I don't know when people get in at the at the start of the event um and some people were still working on fridays too so we had our first event which was the magneto event starting at 1 p.m
0: yeah so somebody said go ahead and play star lord we expect chaos when you play so i did and against expert mutagen where you already start with two cards in front of you turn one then star lord adding more cards on top of that did, did you take a card on the opening turn? You're just like I was Whatever, not I'll planning it. on it, but I think I did. <laughs> I'm taking a card turn one. Well, That's
1: what you say every time. I'm not planning on taking this card, but then you take your card.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, it was total chaos from turn one. Of course, turn one, I got shadows, and I got triple. Was it, was it the card that you took? No, it was that not that the players. card I took. Come on, Terrence. It might have been the card I took. Um, I, got, I got shadows, and I got triple attacked. So, I was down to like one health or two health I mean, the, or something on turn the one. The fact that you were even alive after three attacks is pretty, yeah, pretty well, if crazy. Yeah, somebody chumped. Uh, chumped. If somebody blocked one of them. I think I had a chumper for another. But I mean, it was just like, yeah, it was no bueno. Like, I just, can't, I was like, oh, we're going to have to sweep turn one. Look, like, this is it. <laughs> like, I can't remember. Actually, I did not have attack and a chump. It was definitely, oh, and one of the attack. Yeah, no, I think I did, but one of the attacks that got through was like a four boost and a three boost. It was crazy. So I think I only actually got hit by one of those, but it was like the worst possible draw for the one I actually got hit with. I was like, oh, well, that was fun. (laughs) Like, So uh, yeah, it it was just bad from turn one. We actually survived for quite a while and kind of hung around, but it ended up being a loss at the end of the day. Mutagen's tough, man. Like you forget how tough mutagen can be until you play it. And of course we're playing expert. I don't know that there was any, uh, there were some crazy modulars in there too. So to to make it even harder, but yeah, no, I mean, if you don't get a good start on mutagen and then you're playing star Lord on top of it, uh, which just adds to the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. That, that did not go well. Did not go well at all. (laughs) Did you play anything before the event or was the event, or did you not play anything Friday? No, I, I played some games. Yeah,
1: so, you know, I spent the morning scanning people in and handing out swag, as you do when you organize an event. Kenny Hawk did not scan people in last year because something with his phone. And then he got a new phone this year, and he also couldn't scan people in because (laughs) his kid threw his phone on, like, the floor and broke the charging port on the bottom of his, like, new iPhone. Oh, no. So the only way he could charge his phone was, is like through wireless charging, which is like slow, yes. <laughs> like his molasses. Right. And so that meant that he couldn't be using his phone for most of the morning, like, like using the camera, scanning people in, uh, in case like, you know, he'd talk to his family or something. Right. So, so he, he opted out of scanning people in, uh, I think he just doesn't want to do it or something at this point, but, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. So anything you can do so, to get
0: out of that, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. And so that's what I did for the morning. But then uh, after kind of most of the people were checked in after the first hour or so, we, we, I just like walked around kind of the floor to see what people were doing. A lot of people were ready in games. But this is probably actually one of the highlights uh, for me of the con. I found there was someone who was tucked away in the, the like, far away from the opening doors, like in the back left corner. And he had like, you know, like the BTST like villain board set up. So he was like setting up basically a solo game uh, at the con. He had like, you know, like a shield HQ kind of like briefcase of like all his cards and stuff. And Kenny Hawk and I basically sat down and just started talking to him and was like, you know, what's up? Like, are you looking for people to play with? And, you know, he basically told a story like how he came to the con and he's really shy and had never played like has never played a multiplayer game with someone. So we went and got our stuff and played our first game with him. Right. And that's awesome. We ended up finding a, a fourth person. So we played a four player kind of skirmish game of Magneto. Um, and we finished right before the start of the next Magneto event, like the actual Magneto event. And so like for me, that's just like a heartwarming kind of story of. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, a kind of thing of just like introducing him to people and getting him to play a game and i think uh so we had one of the new things we did this year is we actually had the sign up sheet up in front for all of our events people could sign up for groups to play with
0: and i feel like you did that for every event
1: yes that's why we never played together
0: um that's great no and i just kept like people kept asking me to play which again going back to the points at the beginning and i just kept saying yes like yeah, um, well, and, you know, not all of us are as popular as you, Peter. People don't ask me stop, to play, so I have to stop. like sign well, the up. The last groups. day, nobody was, nobody wanted to play with me anymore. My reputation had, uh, you know, the people had actually played with me <laughs> at that point. They're like, oh yeah, this isn't fun. Now we see what Terrence has to deal with every single week. But yeah, no well, much- you didn't, you didn't have to play with Steve. Get to play that fantastic game. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. And again, I want to go <laughs> pretty fast through the rest of this. I, I think big general sweeping things is good. So the Magneto event was fun. And again, you could play all of these events. Now, for the Magneto event, you're going to need extra people, uh, extra groups around because uh, it's meant to be like a multiplayer event. So that was at one o'clock. And yeah, I played Gamora and we beat Magneto. I can't remember if it was pretty good, but yeah, it, it was a fun game. So what was the big shtick with that one?
1: Yeah, so I actually designed this one. So I am i don't know about proud of it, but I, I, I got good feedback on it. Um, so it's a pretty standard game. We didn't want to do a whole lot of crazy stuff. Uh, so the kind of the two changes to make it a little more interactive with the different groups was every 20 minutes or so, Mag, one of the organizers, uh, so people had to basically take the Brotherhood Modular, which has, you know, Toad, Blob, Pyro, Avalanche um, in it and set that modular aside. Um, So, you know, that means it's going to come into play at some point. So every 20 minutes, basically, Mag would announce which specific card uh, would go in play face down as an encounter card with the first player. So that, you know, kind of turned the heat up of making the game a little more interesting. And then I think thematically kind of cool. And then the kind of interactive part with the other tables was that anytime you finish one of the, those like side schemes that are like the main ones that are part of basically defeating Magneto, you got to go to uh, a table to your left and right and tell them to remove a magnetic counter. And then the, the first group that actually won when they reported it, everyone got to remove a
0: magnetic counter uh, from their game. And so, so I misheard that and I thought it was anytime anybody won. Uh, You have to remove magnetic counter. So that was my moment of uh, stupidity when I yelled out, hey, everybody remove a magnet counter. But somebody had already won before us. So I was like, oh, it's not every time. It's just the first time. Sorry. Never mind. Put your magnet counter back on people. But yeah, no, that was that was good. Uh, I mean, yes, it, again, it felt like a normal game, but it was cool that Magneto was getting his buddies coming in throughout the course of the game. Right. And it was timed in such a way, at least for our table, that it wasn't the same person kept getting stuck with, you know, with them coming in uh, each time. So and the longer the game took, you knew the more bad guys were going to come in. So it actually almost gave you a reason to rush through it a little bit faster as well. So, no, I thought it was v- very well designed. Good job, Terrence.
1: Yeah, I, we just like I said, want one, keep it simple. I, I, I got to play in that event, which was fun. Um, I actually think I played this exact deck. I played Spider-Man Protection. And so it meant that I got all the magnetic counters because so I was defending for everyone. Nice. Um, <laughs> and it, it was just like, I didn't take like any damage from defending. I just took damage because he would throw a magnetic missile, like one of the Sentinels in my face. And most of the time that Sentinel was not even in front of me. So, like, someone lost a minion, I just took five damage Five damage, face.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, so yeah, great. we got rid of that minion. That's great. Oh, no, wait. Yeah. I just took 27 damage to my face. <laughs> yeah, no, that's pretty yeah. funny. Uh, and then we did another event right afterward, right? Or there was some time maybe in between, but I got some... It kind of depends. So,
1: you, people got to pick, like, whether you played standard Expert, Heroic. I don't think I to played Heroic. But, uh... And then you also got to pick which modular you colluded in. So, like, I, I think people... Some people picked, like, pretty challenging stuff, so... Some people actually so the next event was at 4 p.m. And that was our actually epic multiplayer event. The first one that I know of in Marvel Champions Multi, um, that's Multiverse
0: kind of- Meltdown is what it was called. And again, yeah. all these cards are on Tabletop Simulator or kind of heroes.com. You can go and you can find all these cards.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a pretty hefty modular. And what's cool about it is that it allows you to actually make any scenario epic multiplayer i believe the card count is 17 cards or something like that so oh, it's i didn't pretty, realize that pretty hefty modular um one of the pieces of feedback i got was that it feels like uh it can take over the scenario a little bit just for how many cards are in there the winning hand podcast that actually did just one on on Connor heroes talks a lot about this modular set but just briefly like this one centers around Kang and American Chavez and the kind of is that you're traveling through the multiverse. And there's a permanent side scheme that when you beat it, it flips kind of to the other side. So on one side, there's an Amplify icon. And on the, the reverse side, there's a crisis symbol. Um, and then when you beat Kang, basically American Chavez comes out and you have to kind of beat the flip side of that side scheme to kind of bring her back. And, you know, every time you flip it, like Kang comes back. So you're kind of like juggling that. And then there's a bunch of cards that go in the encounter deck that have a new keyword that we introduced called the multiverse keyword. So there'll usually be some effect that happens, like when you defeat this minion, it'll say like the first player draws two cards. And then the multiverse effect is you get to go to a table and tell them that they can also get this effect. Yep. Um, and so so we used to actually have like negative effects in there, and we removed them to just have
0: positive stuff. That was good because it was kind of
1: that. it kind of. Suck to go to
0: town and be like lose a card or something right like the adverse of draw two cards you know yeah um, no, no no that was the right choice definitely the right choice yeah no it was fun and it was cool like people kept coming over to you like hey do this or hey do that and then when somebody gave something to you you'd be like oh yeah you do this yeah and they were all very thematic they all had to do with like something that would have happened in the multiverse so no i i thought that was a very fun modular and we played against claw and that was the recommendation right? Yep. Yeah. So it was fun, and then we played. Uh, we got kind of again players' choice after that that night. We I played Cyclops against Sinister Six. Why? Because I like Sinister Six. It was I, I suggested that one, and that is always a good scenario. So did you play any more that night after you were done with the uh, two events?
1: Yeah, I got to play one more game. Uh, I mean, it was pretty pretty late. I think because I think it was probably by like seven or something. So with the Venue closing at 10, I, I think I fit, like, one more game in. So, we did Mojo with Sitcom and, and kind of did, like, one of the challenge cards. Uh, a lot end of people
0: up- were doing the challenge cards, I noticed, that night or whenever there was downtime. Uh, people were definitely doing the challenge cards. So, that was a nice add because you could just shuffle them up and, like, draw a challenge card. And it would be something from Mutant Genesis or from Mojo. And you just have to play it normal except... There's like one slight change to the rules or whatever to make it harder. And they were challenging for darn sure. So, but it was nice. If you're like, what do you want to play? I don't know. Just draw a random challenge, right? Which was cool.
1: Yeah. uh, I mean, I didn't actually see the challenge cards all too often, but it was nice to hear that some people got value out of them. Uh, I think some of the feedback we got was like, people didn't even really know what they were or how to use them. Yeah. There wasn't
0: like directions Um, for them. So maybe we can do that better next year. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I, I think it was good overall. So it was Friday. I promise Saturday will go quicker, probably, because Saturday was the campaign. And you just saw Mission One again, if you watch this on the streaming channel, you saw Mission One where you go against Crossbones. Uh, so I sat down at a table. And again, I said I wasn't going to shout out everybody that I played with this weekend, but I really feel like I got to shout out this one person. Uh, I was playing with a, a father and daughter. And the daughter was 11 years old. And my daughter is 11 years old. And I played this game with her many times. And she patiently sits through and plays a game with me. But after we're done that game, she's just done. She's not playing uh, a second game for sure. And so I played with this 11-year-old. And her father, her name was Jubilee. She was awesome. And not only... Did she have, you know, more focus than I've ever seen a kid her age have? But she was really very good at the game as well. So just a shout out there to Jubilee. Just amazing job playing. Uh, yeah, that was, that was really cool for me to see. And then come home and be like, why can't you do that? No, no, I would never do that to my daughter. But <laughs> yeah, it, it was fun to play. So the scenarios, the campaign, I'll just quickly go over what happened. Mission 1. We actually beat, now we're playing standard. We did start with the environment card in play. Mission two, we lost when we played standard again with the environment card in play. Then we lost again. Then we stopped putting the environment card in play and rejiggered our decks um, and lost again and lost, I think, a fourth time. And then I think it's the fifth time we played. It might've been the fourth time we played. We decided to just beat it once. Because we were halfway through and we had a million minions out and a million side schemes out. We're like, you know what? We're just going to call it a skirmish game and say we won and move on. <laughs> so we played that one four or five times. The, the second one, the middle one, which we'll probably play on our streaming channel next week, um, was a little bit longer. It just, it was so punishing. It felt like, like there were so many side schemes and there were so many just epic minions that came out and they were all tough because of the scenario, uh, whatever the, you know, the show environment. So yeah, that one was tough. We never really beat that one. And then we played the last one, which was, so the second one was master mold. Who was the third one? Mojo was Mojo. That's right. And, uh, we beat that one pretty easily first time through. So that was, you know, a lot of the day on Saturday, and we had, we had a lot of fun with that campaign as well. A little frustration on that second scenario. Just our table couldn't figure it out, but there were plenty of tables that did beat it. So I don't, I mean, it certainly wasn't unbeatable for sure. So what was your experience with the campaign?
1: I had a rough go at, actually, at the campaign. We were playing on standard. We lost Crossbones, I think the first time, replayed it, and then won. I played like the Spider Woman aggression protection deck, and then end up, a bunch of people end up swapping decks and I end up, Pulling out my Cap America Justice deck and was able to kind of give everyone, well, not give everyone, but like put out mansions in Hell and Hell I Cares uh, uh, to help other folks ramp up and then just pull away a ton of threat with like Overwatch and, you know, like making an entrance. So like thwarting for like six and then removing six off another side scheme and then readying and thwarting for six again. Right. Or, or four or whatever. So definitely like doing a much better job of handling threat and then. We played Master Mold, and we just got I think like pobbled our first time, <laughs> yeah, and then Master the group important. kind of I, <laughs> I think because our games were really long. So like at that point, you're talking about like three games, where two of them were two and a half hours long each, or something, right? And at that point, like you know, like people wanted to play with other people, so we kind of broke, take a took a like ended the campaign and kind of like moved on. Oh, so you never um, played Mojo?
0: No. Oh, okay, all right. I, mean, I did um, hear some people beat it though. So. Yeah,
1: there's. I mean, I, I talked to a bunch of people who, who beat it. Um, you know, like, and in the campaign, you're allowed to fail forward. Um, so one thing is like, if master mole was hard, we didn't want people in like, NASA just get stuck and like yeah. not be able to, to kind of just. I, I think that just doesn't feel great. Um, and so, yeah, but yeah.
0: Uh, it just took a long time, and then end up just playing other games. Yeah, Mary said uh, I really like the campaign. Ran through it on standard with my cat Blue Shield deck. Nice. Yeah. No, it was definitely fun. Like I said, I think the middle one was definitely pretty challenging, but still had a fun time. Um, I played a couple more games that night. I played Sandman and then I probably played the most frustrating game of Marvel Champions I've ever played in my life. No shade on the person who was the cause of this. Like it it just, it just was. So we were playing against Ultron and one of the players at the table had a, uh, what's his name? Nova. A Nova deck. Uh, and there, there's a card in Nova that lets them, every time they defeat a minion, they get to ready and draw a card every time they defeat a minion. And if you could just think about how many drones come out in an Ultron game, it was a lot. I mean, it was at least eight a turn. So, every time they defeat a drone, they'd ready themselves, which also ready their helmet, which means they get free resources, and they get to draw a card. And, of course, have to reevaluate at that point. So, like, everybody else's turns were, like, pretty quick. And this one... Nova deck's turn just took forever. Again, no shade. Like, it was an interesting experience to see that. Uh, I'd never want to play that again. Just by the end, I was um, like, okay. Unleash the Nova Force? Yeah, Unleash the Nova Force is the card. So, I mean, it was just, again, imagine somebody draw, having to draw eight cards, reevaluate their turn every time they draw a card, and then they had a card that they played that let them draw back into their hand. And we were also playing with a leadership deck, which let them get that ally back in their hand every turn too. And plus, they're drawn through 15 cards of their deck, and I think there's two Unleashed and Nova Forces in their deck. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. Like, there was, it was literally every turn that kept happening over and over. So, if you want to feel super powerful, do that. Like, but do it in a solo game, not in a four-player game. I wonder if you could do that with, but like, go no aggression because I, I actually
1: taught. Uh, it was Joe who was playing that deck because we played not a game on, shade. <laughs> but yeah, on, yes. on Sunday. True. And uh, he was telling me he was playing like a
0: Nova Justice deck. Um, yeah. So he never did any damage either. That was the frustrating part. He'd have these 30 minute turns and we'd be exactly where we were. Like, there were no minions on the board. Great. But like, yeah, there was also like, you know, four or six damage done. And then I take my, yeah, I and do like 10 or 15 damage in like three seconds. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think if he played aggression, it would have been very different. Oh, yeah, it would have been over much quicker. Um, but the funny part is, I did call for action. This was the best part of the whole game. I called for an action for the player before him. And they said yes. And I started killing minions. <laughs> I started killing drones. Because I'm like, forget it. So I'm not going sit- to kill them. Yes. I'm not sitting through that again. Well, they were also like, my cards had overkill, like remove threat from the scheme or whatever. But yeah, I started calling for actions. And then when Joe was going, I was like, hey, Joe, can I have an action? <laughs> He's like, no. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I played a good game with
1: him. Actually, that was like the last game I played on Sunday um, where we played against Mansion.
0: We did Mansion Attack with him and Mark and that was a fun game. Yeah, no, no. I mean, he's a good guy. It was fun. He was laughing about it the whole time, but boy. Yeah, yeah. so talk about something I never want to ever experience again. There's a Marvel Champions game that is like two to two and a half hours and like one person's playing two hours of that, you know, like three quarters of the time is one player with one deck.
1: Yeah, that that uh, I feel that way sometimes when people play like Gandalf decks in Lord of the Rings, it's just like why would you bring a Gandalf deck where yeah. like it's just like they, they like, you know, it's just like they do stuff on their turn where they gotta like find a card from their deck, look at the top five or whatever, do a thing, swap cards from their deck to the top of their deck, and just they just do so much stuff that it's just like everyone's like done, right? Like they were done with their turns like five minutes ago.
0: Yeah, and I tried to when players were having longer turns. Like, I'd go through, like, do all the actions I could. Then I'd set my cards down in front of me, like, that I'm going to play with the cards I was going to use to pay for them. Now, of course, things sometimes change during your turn. (laughs) But for the most part, I – yeah, that that was my my strategy. Yeah, so any notable games Saturday night for you after the campaign or – Yeah, the the only game I played – at the con afterwards I,
1: I guess i only played events because we did sandman like you're saying and that was an event where sandy sandman uh where basically at from mcm was going around making puns and if you smirked or chuckled you got a bunch of sand counters yeah um i heard some people got like five sand counters uh, nice. uh on their thing which you know definitely imp- impacts the game <laughs> yes uh a little bit and so Yeah, that was a good game. Uh, I played with Max go and uh, I think a relatively new player Austin who was playing Ant-Man for the first time and he just like crushed it. Uh, He also brought like the BTST like hero board for Ant-Man and it's like giant size so it can fit the giant card. Nice. (laughs) And that thing was just like insanely large. It was
0: kind of hilarious when you have like your normal hero card on this like massive board. The funniest part about that game for me was I was using my Gamora deck again and uh, I had my Nebula Ally come out pretty quickly and she took her one damage, so she's sitting on one damage, and I ended up drawing a um one of those uh spears. What is that what yep. they are? We give given plus two energy attack. energy spear? Energy spear. Yeah. So I drew one and gave it to Gamora and I literally had her shoveling out sand for the rest of the game. So she had like three or four attack. I can't remember what it was. I think it was four for some reason maybe yeah I- it's
1: like plus two right and she's a two two. Yeah, two, yeah. two two
0: so she was literally she was shoveling sand for the rest of the game for us so it's like look there's my sister with her shovel just take it out sand. She, she lost she lost the competition yep i mean that's that's what it is you know that but it was such a nebula thing to do is she? you can just see her with that like angry face just being like i can't believe i'm sitting here shoveling sand so uh yeah, no, that that was the funny uh, memory for me from that game was Nebula just shoveling sand. I think she's literally the only one that took out sand the entire game after her first turn. Maybe Gamora shoveled a little bit on turn one or whatever. But yeah, after that, it was Nebula the rest of the game. So it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, and
1: then... After the con, I just played Ashes with Candy Hawk, so I didn't play any Marvel Champions.
0: Okay, yeah, and that's when I ended up playing Ultron. You and I were supposed to play a game that night, but you're like, no, 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 go play with them. They're leaving the next day. So I did, and I had fun, except for, yeah, that was the Ultron game. Uh, All right, so Sunday morning, I played the most random game of Marvel Champions in my life, and you'll never believe who it was with. You already know, so I guess I can't. But, uh, yeah. Brant will never guess. Brant will never guess. (laughs) Yeah. It was with Steve uh, from. uh, It used to be Play the Game. Yeah. Play the Game now. Now it's Play the Game. Yeah. He just pulled out a random set from. Well, he actually went to Shield HQ and and
1: took stuff, but they didn't have Standard Expert.
0: (laughs) Right. So we didn't play with Standard Expert. Nobody put their obligation in. We just played a game against Claw. And it was like, I don't know. 30 minutes maybe, and we just all brought decks and just beat it pretty quickly. So it was fine, (laughs) but it's pretty random. It's like, uh, and then that's when I played Deep Rock, and then there was a Magneto Challenge that day, right? Oh, oh no, that was just one of the challenges. I played the Magneto Challenge. Yeah, what'd you think of that? uh, Remind me, remind me what what changed. Uh, So the Magneto Challenge
1: uh, adds the two side schemes, or... You were playing four-player, right? Yes, we were playing um, four-player. Yeah, so it adds uh, to the side schemes that I think have Amplify, but um, when you beat it, you have to discard cards off the top of the deck, and for every magnetic card you do, you add a
0: magnet counter onto the main scheme. I think and we so, might have lost it the first time and then beat it the second. Time. It was a longer game, but like... I mean, it's a Magneto. Magneto is not a short game. And I think somebody actually this is another game. Somebody asked me to play Star Lord, which just, again, extends the game like I felt bad. I was the one making that game long. I can't remember if we lost the first time or not, or if it was I think it was just really close to losing like several times, like a bad flip would have killed us. And I think we actually just survived through it and ended up winning our first time through that mission. But I might be wrong. We might have had to play it a second time. But either way, it was it was super fun. It was what you'd want out of a challenge, which is super challenging. But yeah, the group I was playing with had played through all of the set up to Magneto. And that was their last one from the main. They hadn't played any of the Mojo yet. They were looking forward to playing the Mojo challenges. But they'd beat all the other challenges. So they wanted to keep going with the challenges. And so, yeah. No, we had a, uh, a fun time doing that. But that was my last game of the weekend. Because that was sunday and then i had to take a flight out because we're only there till like six or whatever I, I, I had played deep rock that day too so yeah it was fun all in all good time so how was your sunday
1: i got to play mansion tank twice with uh joe and, and mark like i said uh, i think andy and joined us for the first game where we tried it on expert and then got some bad draws and kind of got crushed uh, and then played it again on standard because they had to catch a flight or they had to like leave for the airport. So yeah, we kind of didn't want to get a longer game. And I think mansion attack is fun, a bit random, um, but is that any longer? Cause you gotta take down that third villain and it's only two in standard. Uh, and we, we just got really unlucky on the first flop. We got a cafeteria as the starting stage two side team, Which, if you're playing with someone who's playing classes protection, feels bad because that's the one that has retail one, um, which isn't good for anyone that's tough. And we got Toad, right? And like Toad sucks as the opening one because it's just no one wants (laughs) to discard cards, you know? So it it just like, it was just like a bad setup, right? Uh, For just like getting up and running. And then I played another game of Magog on standard with with, uh, Sko and Joss and Austin um, with the Inheritors module, and that was fun. So that's all. That was it for you on Sunday? Yep. And then I went over to Colin's house and had uh, a home cooked meal. Nice.
0: Yeah. No, we had two. You had two home cooked meals then. I ended up having one on Thursday night and you came over and joined me for that. And then you had a second one. So nice. Yeah. Colin. Look at Colin being a hospitable host while we were there. And it's probably more Monica than Colin, let's be honest. Yeah. No, it's certainly more Monica than Colin. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. So overall impressions, I really liked it. Um, There was, So one of the cool things, because I wasn't there last year for the entire convention, there was always something to do. It wasn't, there wasn't really downtime. So there was always a new scenario being set up. There was always something going on, except for that last day, which again, people were playing. We saw people playing Spirit Island all weekend, whether it was at the con on Sunday or in the hotel. Uh, Every night I saw that same group playing Spirit Island, which is one of my favorite games. So that was cool. A lot of four player Spirit Island. But yeah, it was just fun to like for me that there was always a new event. It's not like, well, what should we play next? Um, and even for those times, the challenge cards were perfect for that because, again, you just shuffle up. Or for me, like, I wanted to play some of my favorite scenarios. So I was like, hey, you have this Sinister Six? Yep, let's play that. I wasn't expecting – because, you know, you always think to yourself – what am I going to do? Am I doing the same thing the whole time? But because it was always a scenario or a multiplayer event or whatever else, there was always something new and different that you hadn't experienced before that you got to play for the first time with a bunch of people who are also playing it for the first time. So for me, that was one of the coolest parts of the convention. Now I know you were as one of the organizers knew a lot of what was coming. What were some of your favorite moments or things, you know, that, that you got out of the con this year? This is our second year. So uh I mean, I don't
1: know if you would have said those the same kind of words uh, last year. Not that it was like a bad event last year, but you know, our first year you're just not doing as much, right? Like you're just trying to make the con happen. And so we had some events, but we definitely didn't do as much. Like, you know, we had the a new standard, which we've played a bunch on the stream in the campaign, and you know, that's kind of it, right? Like we definitely did a lot more this year, and so you know, that was a lot of the stuff we just, we wanted to do. People liked the events and we wanted to do more of them, but we didn't want to overload. Right. So I think we did two events a day and, and I think that was like a good kind of balance. Um, I also got good feedback that, you know, Sandman's not a super hard scenario and people liked kind of having that scenario to end the day on Saturday after kind of getting crushed by master mold. Yes.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, It did
1: feel good. You know, some people kind of, cruise through the can some people cruise through the campaign but i think a lot of people kind of struggled so we got some feedback about that but yeah I, I i thought it was good um i think probably the highlights for me was just you know that that story i had about playing with that the person who's never played with anyone at the beginning of the con yep. um just but actually like we didn't know how I, I think when you do any of this stuff you never know how well we received so i'm glad the events were for the most part pretty well received um Generally, pretty good feedback on the campaign, but I think some people would have wished uh, it was easier. So sure. that's some stuff we're taking back. And then, you know, like ways for it to ratchet up for people who want that difficulty. But I think just having the player sign up and the, uh, the players wanted kind of flag was not a thing. I think we knew how much they would be used. And the fact that they were used at every event, like the sign up thing. And so we had. I got some feedback um, because we sent out the survey. Like some people used it who came in a group. Like I I think sometimes you expect people who come together, like in a group of three or four, to always play together. Yeah. uh, Like the entire weekend. That's what happens when kind of Steve, Colin, Barrington, I go, and I have to like make an effort to kind of break away from them. So I'll be like, I'm not playing a game with you. I'm going to play with other people, right? Um, Yeah. But they'll like play the whole con together, right? And there was people who actually were like. No, this is great. Like it allowed me to play with other people because I could just sign up for an event where we would just sign up for four different groups, right? And so we wouldn't be playing together. And so that was like really neat to hear. So you know, you, you don't know how how well that that would receive. I've heard at other cons when people have done those kind of things that no one uses it. So uh, I, I think it just was a sign of like how welcoming and how m- also like people want to be playing with a bunch of different people, right? And don't necessarily just want to be playing with the same people because that's part of the beauty of, like, bringing all these people together.
0: Yeah. We did have a, uh, a question. This is actually a perfect question for you, Terrence. Uh, Aaron asks, where do I find Marvel Champions Cons near me, California? Local board game shops don't have anything. Is there a web resource that gives locations? I I don't think you did that this year. Right. Like, so Kana heroes is it. Like it's, I think the only Marvel champions specific convention, it's in Minnesota. Um, we probably should have mentioned that at the beginning, but, uh, (laughs) but there were ways for people to play online or to organize their own groups locally. Right. So why don't you talk a little about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, so so organizers, we none of us actually live in uh, Minnesota or Minneapolis, uh, I guess, as a funny fact. Um, and so we all actually organize it remote um, in four different cities. But yeah, we we do the fan, con- it's a fan convention and we basically don't, we don't get paid for it. Uh, and so we do it and just as a way, kind of based off kind of the rings, which is one for Lord of the rings that we saw happen uh, in the same venue. And so we do that just to kind of have, it as an event for people and people are local and travel in. And, and so we haven't really thought about organizing it outside of there, nor probably do we have the kind of capacity and plan to do it. But if people want to, I know, uh, like Peter's mentioned, all the stuff we've done, all the print and play, uh, we make that freely available. It's obviously on TTS, but if you go to the con you can go to the website and click print and play. And you can see the stuff that we have for both this year and last year. And you can go print that stuff off and, like, I guess, like,
0: yeah, bring it to
1: a group local group. thing and, yeah. and play with your local group. But but it sounds like you're also asking, like, how do I find a group? Because your local game store doesn't necessarily have anything going on. Um, I don't know if you have any advice on that, Peter.
0: No, I mean, there's ways to do it, meetup groups, things like that, but that's hard for a lot of people to, like, if you haven't done it in the past to find Marvel Champions, I don't think people are going to come together to do, like, the kind of hero scenarios, right? I mean, the real answer is, you know, you come to Minnesota and play with the rest of us, uh, you try to find people online, but most of the stuff, like, the, the campaign is definitely soloable. There wasn't anything that the new standard is fun to just throw into what you already have. And so, yeah, I mean, there's not really a good way to do it. I mean, if you go to conventions like Gen Con and say, hey, you know, there are more online Marvel Champions communities. There's a Discord for Marvel Champions. There's Facebook groups that are Marvel Champions. There's Reddit groups that are Marvel Champions. So, you know, if people are talking about coming to Gen Con or whatever, say, hey, does anybody have... The Con of Heroes stuff, I'd love to play some of that while we're there. And you could probably organize it, you know, at a a bigger convention like Gen Con or whatever packs unplugged, things like that. But again, none of those are West Coast, Uh, maybe Dice Tower West. Uh, I know a lot of the Dice Tower folks love Marvel Champions and none of them were at Con of heroes. So maybe some of them would like to try some of the scenarios or whatever. So there are ways to do it, but you're going to have to be more proactive about it. Or again, just come to kind of heroes next year. And I'm sure if you showed up next year and we're like, yeah, I want to play some of the stuff from last year. I'm sure people would be happy to play with you. I know I bring all my stuff every year, so I will at least have the con of hero stuff. I might not have the exact scenarios we need, but if you bring those scenarios, I mean, again, you can print and play all that stuff online too.
1: Yeah. I guess just interjecting for how you can find group groups locally uh, like Peter mentioned, the Facebook and discords, there are actually, I believe in both the Hall of Heroes and MCM, there's a local meetup channel. And I definitely have seen people who live in California that have kind of piped in. And so it might be worth ch- like joining those discords if you have it and just basically saying, hey, I'm looking for people wherever it is in california uh yeah, to kind of meet up and play <laughs> yeah uh because i know adder cop flew in from kind of i believe the la area somewhere in california so there's something people who like like peter said california's a big state there's some people playing marvel champions in your area but but again it's big so it's also hard to drive right so i think yeah. some of the challenges with california is that even if you're if there are a bunch of people who live in like the la area that could be like a two-hour drive right yeah. to meet up. So I can imagine not wanting to do that, but it's definitely worth checking out and and seeing what's available. And I, I'm sure there's resources. I don't use Facebook, but I'm sure there's
0: also in the Marvel Champions Facebook group. Um, well, searching and, uh, there or kind of posting. Again, we want everybody out there to go buy Marvel Champions because that's how it keeps being made. That's how it keeps going. But there's certainly online resources like the Tabletop Simulator, the mod we use. They put all the scenario stuff in there. They still have last year's stuff, and they have this year's stuff from Kana Heroes in there. So Hitch uh, Hitch's TTS mod does a very good job. Now, again, it's not in place of playing physically, but it's another option. It's another way where if you're in a remote area or you don't have a local game group that wants to play you still you know buy the cards so you can play solo whatever else but there is a way to play online with people that's how Terrence and I play we live halfway across the country from each other and we still manage to play every Friday night uh, using the tabletop simulator mod we've also both bought everything there is to buy for the game so I don't feel guilty at all about that so yeah, so there are that, you know, that's another possibility as well. If you can't find anybody locally, again, in the Discord, wherever else, I know a lot of us end up playing on Tabletop Simulator. So that's another option.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry I don't have a better answer there, but that's kind of... I mean, it's... Uh, actually, I actually, I don't even have a local play group Yep. <laughs> uh, in Austin, to be fair. So there used to be one, just like a cooperative LCG group I had at my local game store before the pandemic, and then... My little game sort of basically replaced all their game tables with shelf space to sell more games, yep. which makes sense from the pandemic and has no interest on going back. So,
0: Yeah, and I mean, the, who I play with, I, I mean, I, I, uh, I fathered my game group, so... Uh, that I play Marvel champions with <laughs> so I play with my kids so yeah that's probably not as, as good an answer for everybody yeah uh, I don't, feel like' that's, a, that's a long that, that that's, that's a long-term long investment yeah yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean you'll you'll be able to play the con of uh con of heroes uh 20 35 at the earliest if you start trying now, um, for that, for that solution. Uh, so probably not the best way to go. Yeah. So board game lawyer says, Hey, all hello, board game lawyer. And, uh, Aaron says lots of possible resource ideas. Thanks. Um, so yeah, I mean there, you know, and that's the other thing, go ahead and chat in your answer. Um, if you have ideas that Aaron, uh, can do, Wasteland says, Mary says, a long-term investment that may not pay off uh, if the kids aren't into it. Yes, that is very true. Uh, And Aaron says, got to start them young. I don't know. My 11's the youngest. I guess she was maybe 10 when she started playing. But yeah, they they have to have a certain level of focus. And that's what impressed me so much about Jubilee. Um, She was an 11-year-old with a tremendous amount of focus and ability to play all day. And then she's back on Sunday too with the whole family on Sunday and she's an older sister. So I, I guess I'm starting to see a little bit of where that patience may come from. Uh, definitely having to deal with younger siblings and probably she likes the fact that she gets some attention from her parents cause she had a, f- a few younger siblings as well. So uh, I- I'm sure that's, that's part of it. It helps focus when you're like, well, if I don't focus, I don't get my parents' attention. So let me go ahead and stay on this. But, uh, Yeah, no, it was very cool. Overall, great time. Highly recommend it. The con itself is super cheap. I mean, what is it? 50 bucks, 55 bucks. And then if you wanted to play Matt, which I highly recommend, it's like 20 or 25 bucks for that. Like, you know, you're talking about less than 100 bucks to play Marvel Champions all weekend. Um, so the convention itself is super cheap, especially if you're local, there's almost no reason not to come. And the amount of content you get, not only the play mat, but like all those cards. I mean, you said there was a 17 card modular. There was eight challenge cards. There's a new standard set, which is seven more cards. I mean, you get shoot. If this was fantasy flight, just the cards alone, they would charge you more than 50 bucks for the amount of content we got. So yeah, super, well, worth. to be fair, we're amateur designers. Well, yeah, I'm not going to say anything about Valkyrie here. <laughs> we'll, well, we'll end on a positive note <laughs> about professional designers don't always get it right either. I guess I'll just leave it at that. There you go, got it in.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you also get an extra bonus monitor. I don't know if you played the Mojo Cinematic Universe.
0: I have. I didn't. We did play that. We played it as part of the Mojo campaign. We started with it in actually. Uh, that yeah, was- you don't have to. I. I- I
1: think it's it's just like it's a standard Mojo setup there, so yep.
0: But, we but did what's use fun is
1: like you you can then use that with the Mojo scenario. So I think one of the things that we heard a lot was people really liked the show setting stuff. I know we do on the stream, right? Um, yep. And so you can just use that uh, in your collection of of show cards now. Um, so that was just like a nice bonus modular that uh, not
0: everyone I think played during the con because it wasn't required. Yep. No, we definitely played it and we will play it again once we get past Master Mold next week, which you and I are going to have to come up with a better plan than we did this week, which was let's just rush him down. Yeah, that's not going to work. That was your plan. My plan was protection. And your plan was way better than mine. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have to come up with a good plan next week um, because Master Mold is no joke. So come back if you want to see Mission 2. Again, there's not really carryover from Game 1 to Game 2. You know, it's not like you have like, oh, you won, you get this, you lost, you get this. There's none of that. So it's a campaign in story only, not necessarily in the fact that you're like leveling up as you go along. There might be some progression that holds over from game two to three. I can't remember, but no, a lot of fun. So join us next week. And for those of you on the podcast, hopefully you enjoyed this. And, you know, for everybody out there, hopefully you come out and join us at Khan of heroes next year because i am sure it will be happening again because uh lots of good experiences there all right everybody terrence bye bye everyone thanks for joining us again for the one-stop co-op shop podcast check out our youtube channel at one-stop co-op shop also join us for games and discussion on our discord channel you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com onestop one stop or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again and we'll see you next week for another top five list.
1: Five. Eight plus two is five. So it's one. And you got Widow. Boom, boom, I boom. Can't play, I can't. Oh, yeah, I can flip down and play Widow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Widow. Widow. Boom, boom, boom. Let me use a way. Oh, I feel
1: like that was never dire for you and only dire for me,
0: dude. I, I was never below nine health, that's as low as I got the entire game. I, I don't know what you're complaining about. He really didn't even do that much damage. That was super easy, Terrence. I feel like that was you super know, it's fun is taking all four machine gun attacks <laughs> to the face. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. So this is why you don't doubt the church Spider-Man protection. I mean, that was amazing. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever Wolverine can. Do-do-do, do-do-do. So I'm going to do a whole podcast intro real quick because we will probably use this as a podcast. Sounds good to me. All right. Hello and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop, your one stop for co-op news, reviews, and playthroughs. I'm Peter and... I am talking with Terrence, and that is a terrible introduction. I'm going to do that again.